Welcome to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to titanium sponsor, Mechanic Desk and gold sponsor, Podium. Whispering Loudly is a workshop whisperer podcast. Hello, I'm producer Mel. And today we have Rhiannon Tracy on the show. We're so excited about it. Rhiannon has an incredible story. She had an accident and her story's been an inspiration to many people, both affected by disability or injury, as well as giving everyday people a healthy serve of motivation. Rhiannon Tracy looks to help and inspire and is determined to see change in the options given to people with spinal cord injury. She is the founder of the Next Step Spinal Cord Injury Recovery Centre, a not for profit organization dedicated to providing the best recovery options in Australia. Rhiannon is a young woman who has always had dreams and aspirations set about to find a way to achieve them, even though they had been slightly modified due to her physical disability. She was destined to show the world that there is far more to her ability than her disability, and we're so happy to have her. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you, Rhiannon. Uh That introduction obviously gives our listeners a pretty good understanding of how uh, we got here today uh, because we're always uh, really interested in speaking with people in the the community who have uh, experience in overcoming adversity, uh, who can tell us their story of resilience. Love it when we get to speak to somebody like that and that is very much you. So what else would you like our listeners to know about you? Oh, wow. Well, I think that I can tap out after that intro. (laughs) Wow, that was one heck of an intro, wasn't it? Look, I think if I was going to add anything, I am just honestly a human being that has just, I guess, turned her pain into purpose and that. That's been the driving force behind, I guess, everything that I've done to date is because, you know, I was given another opportunity at life and I just wanted to make the best opportunities possible for anyone else who was on any kind of journey. And I didn't want trauma to be the initiation of people's journey to improve their quality of life, whether they, you know, have a disability or not, you know, it it stands for able-bodied people as well. So For me, it it was just about creating the best life possible for myself and giving myself a reason to get out of bed every day and providing those options that weren't available for me in the early days of my injury. Mm. And I imagine that there's a certain level of vulnerability that you need to be able to express and do express um, in the course of the work that you do every day. And our clients that we work with at the Workshop Whisperer, as you know, are auto repair shop owners, lots of men who traditionally are challenged by vulnerability. What do you recall is the point in time when you thought you really needed to be vulnerable and you really needed to ask for help um, because you knew you couldn't do it on your own? Look, from a personal perspective, if we're talking about vulnerability, I guess For me, I've always been someone that always has put, you know, grief into a project. I was born um, into quite a resilient family of women. My mum was a single mum while I was growing up and she was always such a powerhouse and she was always, you know, helping others before helping herself. So I guess I followed in those footsteps. 
but um you know my most vulnerable time in my life believe it or not wasn't actually when I had my injury it was when I went through my marriage separation because it was so unexpected and it was so out of the blue and it was such a time where oh, I just had so many feelings and emotions and I guess a lot of that was the fact that it was there was another person involved in all of this as well and you know when I initially was injured I had the hospital wanting to send psychologists into my room and things like that and all these professional people wanting to talk to me and for me, I just, I just couldn't understand how anyone could understand what I was going through because they weren't living what I was living. But when I was going through my marriage separation, I think it was like two days into it, I was like, you know what, I need to speak to someone. I need that little bit of extra support. And just being able to say that was the first step. And then being able to acquire that support was such a period of evolution for me on a personal level, as well as then rolling into every other aspect of my life. Because at the end of the day, we're all only human and we can only do what we can do and we only know what we know. So, you know, unless we use our voices and unless we reach out when we do need that support, you know, nothing better is going to be achieved. And that's one of the messages that I really try, even with my own staff, you know, I've created this fundamental relationship with my team here, whereas there's a mutual level of respect, but there's always that respect has become an opening for conversations that may not be had in your everyday workplace. And I guess it's because of the environment that we work in is very different to a lot of other workspaces. But, you know, you can't grow if you don't ask for help. You know, life is is a lesson to be had until the day we're not here anymore. And even when we're not here anymore, you know, lessons can be had from our own experiences. So I think it's just, we were given a voice. So it's very powerful to use it. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, what you've just described there around marriage separation is something that lots of our listeners, you know, will relate to. I myself relate to that and uh, know how important it was at that time to, to reach out and uh, ask for help. You know, your point is just so spot on in general. You know, asking for help is the way that you move beyond if it's a a simple business issue that you don't know how to handle right through to, you know, life's greatest challenges. I think if you look at our ego kind of like is the devil on our shoulder and then we've got the angel, which is the vulnerability side and they're always fighting against each other. But I also really feel that, you know, ego sometimes can just be just, you know, direction to where we need work. And, you know, we just have to kind of cut the apron strings with that ego mm. more than often and just open ourselves up for greatness. Yes, 100%. So what inspired you to start the Next Step Spinal Cord Injury Recovery Centre? Well, my own journey, I guess I was injured at 20 um, with my spinal cord injury and there was just a severe lack of options for somebody who was living with initially a spinal cord injury now it's kind of all neurological conditions that we deal with here but um I just wanted to improve my quality of life and the mentality with with you know a regular rehabilitation facility would be to get you independent and I guess healthy enough in your wheelchair and send you on your way and I remember when I was in hospital a lot of the nurses would say to me you know the real rehab starts when you leave here and it was just a constant battle for me when I was an inpatient because I was always wanting to do more I understand now that you know the hospitals 
serve a purpose and everything that was happening was in there definitely served a purpose, but it was quite a frustrating experience and it's one that we hear far too often. So I just wanted to be able to create a facility that had options for people who wanted to recover. Now recover is such a broad term because initially when I was first injured, all I cared about was walking again, which is pretty standard for somebody with this injury. We quite often forget the little aspects of life that we take for granted, like just being independent. Mm. So my family were having to, you know, travel from A to B to access different supports and different modalities and even had to fundraise to go overseas to access supports over there as well. So we were meeting so many people on the same journey as us and it just got to a point where we'd exhausted our community for fundraising and support for myself and we were exhausted you know we were exhausted mm. from traveling and we were exhausted for of researching different options so we decided to you know condense all the information that we had learned and put it into a facility of our own and literally create a one-stop shop of opportunity mm. and that's what it is it's a very holistic approach to recovery and it's not just for spinal cord injury, like I said, it's anybody really, even able-bodied people who want to improve their quality of life. It's about having that access, those options, and definitely that support. And that was my inspiration. It was the things that I didn't have that I wanted to ensure other people could have. And what is the next steps with, pardon the pun, the next step? Um, I'm sure you haven't heard that one before. Um, <laughs> it was the basis of why we called the facility the next step. It just rolls off people's tongues. Yes. <laughs> so what are, what's next for you and for the centre? Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting question that I've um, been hit with quite a few times over the last couple of years, you know, being a facility that is very much one of a kind and being a not-for-profit as well, um, I have been approached to open, you know, different facilities across the country. Um, and it's something that I've kind of toyed with a little bit, but then I've got to come back down to earth and realise that I'm only one person and I'm a huge aspect of why this facility is the way it is because I am somebody living with this injury every single day and I'm the driving force behind why we do what we do. So this injury itself is a full-time job and then add on, you know, running a business full-time and all the other hats that I wear. Um, I just don't think that the level of care would be the same and I don't, I wouldn't want to spread my team out either because what we've created under this roof is extraordinary. So the next thing for us is definitely to find a bigger space because we're pretty much at capacity here. I'm actually sitting upstairs in our wellness space. We've built a second story um, two years ago, which is kind of like our communal hub space that has all our holistic modalities. And then downstairs is our gym floor area. So we definitely need a bigger space and we definitely are out there searching for, you know, re new research and new opportunities, new technologies. We have partnered with Griffith University to be part of the clinical trials for stem cell research. So, you know, there's always things happening and the beauty of what I've created here is from staff to our athletes, we're all growing together. Mm. Definitely agree. I think you touched on something really important in there in that, you know, you could explore all of these opportunities around the country, but 
you've really become aware of your own limits and the reasons why your business works so well. And that's something that our auto repair shop owners should also take into consideration. In their world, they might see that they have one site that works really well and think, oh, I want to open another workshop and then maybe I'll open another one. And I've seen more times than I can count that when the owner is spread across a second site or a third site that the experience uh, of the team in those other sites as well as the customer is diminished from the original one so it's a really important point that you brought up there that um, you are very aware of of uh, why things work the way they do and your part in that absolutely and that in itself was a real growing experience for me because initially when we opened the next step several almost eight years ago now it was hard for me to have my face out there and be the founder and, and you know, it felt like I had to do a lot of things that made, made this facility look like it was for me and it was just never, that was never the case and I guess that was my own personal struggle that I needed to get through and at that time it was actually my mum running the facility because she's the co-founder and we, you know, we're in the very, very early days of, you know, having this center um, and still learning so many things you know we did didn't even have the clientele that we have now I, I realized over the years that my being here is just so much more than just running a facility it's you know I'm now a qualified life coach purely for the fact that I literally fell into that role within both my team and our team of athletes here you know I'm I'm the one who is, is driving and I'm the one that's looking after and nurturing what we have here. And, you know, it's really important when you're the face behind any brand to acknowledge that you are the reason that your business or your brand is going to work or it's not. And if you don't have the passion and you don't have the enthusiasm behind it, how can you possibly drive it to success? Yeah. Join our free Facebook group, Your Profitable Auto Repair Shop, and join in on the conversation with auto repair shop owners just like you globally. So just in finishing, Rhiannon, there's obviously uh, when when you sustain an injury uh, like you did, and all throughout life, there's certain goals that you're going to set to get yourself back on track or get you to where you want to go. And uh, it requires a certain mindset uh, in order to achieve them. What's your advice for our auto repair shop owners out there when it comes to setting and achieving goals? Don't take no as a negative. It is such an opportunity to drive harder and to, you know, I think rejection is the universe's protection as well. And when I say that, I'm very spiritual. I'm not very spiritual, but I guess there's definitely a spiritual aspect towards me. But I do believe that, you know, no is such an opportunity for something better. And I think we, we so often forget that because we're hit with rejection when we hear those words. Now, for me growing up, I never did well with the word no. <laughs> never, ever. And I think that translating that into my, my recovery journey myself, forget the business side of things. It really was every time I was hearing the word no, that I would say to my mom, I would say to my friends, okay, well, you know, that's enough ammunition for me to push harder. And I found that that has translated into business as well. And, and every aspect of my life, because 
when I'm told no now, instead of, you know, having a moment of sadness or however you want to handle that emotion, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you literally get to sit with that for about a minute and then you realize, okay, no, it's a no for a reason. It means that there's something better or it means something to kind of, you know, come back and work out how to approach this differently. So accept those no's, but use them as your driving force to a better yes. I love that. And uh, everything and everyone is for a reason. Absolutely. I used to hate hearing that when I was in hospital, (laughs) but I am a true believer of that now. Even, you know, it pains me to say this because I've just experienced some loss this week. We actually had one of our, our beloved athletes pass away this week. And, you know, I found myself wanting to say so many times, everything happens for a reason and that I'm really cautious of who I'm saying that to and how that can be taken. Mm. But, you know, I meant what I said earlier, even when we're not here, you know, our life can leave a footprint. It can leave a legacy. It can leave, you know, further room for development or growth or change or whatever you choose when you are on this earth is, you know, what you want to leave behind. So, for me, you know, my stories won't stop. My legacy will continue to flow. And I definitely know that what happened to me happened for a reason because without that, all these lives that have changed in the last 12 years, you know, wouldn't have had the options that they have now. So that's what gets me out of bed every day. Take a smoke out and review us on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen. Well, Rhiannon, congratulations on what you have achieved with the centre. And we wish you uh, all the best for uh, where you take that into the future. Thank you so much for joining us on Whispering Loudly. It's been a pleasure to have you on and uh, learn a bit more about your story. Thank you so much. Happy Friday. (laughs) Yes. And if you want to hang out with a bunch of like-minded auto repair shop owners, then jump over to Facebook and search up your profitable auto repair shop. That's the Workshop Whisperer's free Facebook group for auto repair shop owners all around the world. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning Workshop Whisperer podcast, as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to titanium sponsor, Mechanic Desk, and gold sponsor, Podium.